says, I want a $15 minimum wage and hell, I'm a rubber chicken. <laughs> Looks like you're gonna have to run for office. But not now, because it's time for Lewis Black's Rantcast number 32, entitled Orlando is No Cancun. We get this title, of course, from that fountain of nonsense that can't spew enough bullshit over the course of time. Ladies and gentlemen, I speak of the extraordinary senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, who last week you'd have thought did enough to damage really literally his state and his reputation, but it wasn't enough. It's never enough for Ted. I, 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 he said, I've, I've shown you stupid. I'm going to even provide you with more stupid, Lewis. And so he did as he went down to, to talk to his, some of his followers in a, uh, in, of course, a room in which uh, he didn't have to wear a mask, I guess, because he's gotten his vaccine. I'm sure he shoved his way to the front of the line. Well, be that as it may, uh, it is there. He declared in front of the folks, Orlando is awesome. It's not as nice as Cancun, but it's nice. <laughs> yes, sir, Bob. Wow. I've never said this before. And I can't imagine saying it again, but where is Antifa when you need them? And for God's sake, Harvard, you gave this man a degree. Maybe you shouldn't be a degree-granting institution, okay? What the fuck, huh? Seriously. You went, oh, yeah, boy, this guy, he deserves a degree in law, I believe. Thank you very much, Harvard. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. The next time somebody tells you you graduated from Harvard, you say, oh, and so did Ted Cruz, fucker. Okie doke. Regarding Texas, um, it's, it seems to me, if you're spending about 16000 or more for, uh, for your uh, energy bill in a month, which many people did last month, um, the, your house should be burning so brightly that God should see it and therefore know that you got fucked. Uh-huh. That's right. That's how bright it should be. Unbelievable. And I have to thank Jeffrey Spear um, for reminding me of something on Twitter and uh, I had forgotten last week when I was raging on about the another uh, one of the brilliant Texas leaders. And I just found out literally that uh, uh, Abbott, the governor who had done such a splendid job with the catastrophe there last week, the major one, has now decided no more mask wearing. You know, everybody, we're opening up everything by God. In the face of, and then let them loose in the country. That's just tremendous. Oh. Moments away from the finish line. We continue to be moments away, and they go, no, let's push that finish line out. Okay, Rick Perry, my friend, uh, Jeffrey Spears, not, but he, he, and I thank you for this, Jeffrey. He, uh, he pointed out that uh, uh, I had forgotten that uh, 
I was during the debate for the presidency. Uh, I had thought he uh, that Rick Perry had forgotten a name or possibly a, a cabinet post, and he had. And the reason I believe, in part, it slipped my mind. It was so obvious and so perfect and so so well crafted a joke, really. That it, it, and I'm not great at jokes, as you can tell. The it, it's it slipped my mind that uh, that uh, what Rick Perry forgot during the debate was the uh, the he he wanted to get rid of um, the Department of Energy. He wanted he couldn't remember that. He wanted to get rid of the department, the department that he became the head of. You, you, this is when, in, in 2016, it will be written, I believe, that uh, reality replaced comedy. And comedy went on to become something else. Whew. You, couldn't, you couldn't have written that better. The man who became the head of the Department of Energy um, wanted to get rid of that department, but couldn't remember the name of that department, and then said, sure, I'll take that job. And it was another week of weaknesses. As we saw, Mitch McConnell, he had made sure that the uh, former leader had, was gone from office so that his party didn't have to deal with impeaching him, because they felt um, that if you'd left office, if the president had left office, um, that therefore uh, he wasn't impeachable for what he had done while in office. This kind of escaped me, and uh, a debate took place about this, and uh, the Democrats felt that, uh, yes, of course, you could impeach. And the reason that you, I felt this, and it's not a Democrat or a Republican issue, I don't give a shit, okay? It's that you have to be able to, if somebody did shit while in office, you have to be able to point at the person and go, see, you don't want that person to be the person who's elected anymore. That's why you have to have the impeachment. See, he did, that's the person, and that's not the kind of person you want running the country. <laughs> and because more and more and more and more so in my life, you want to be sure that breadcrumbs are left in the woods so that we can get home and aren't eaten by the big bad fucking wolf. So there was a vote on whether someone, a leader, the president could be impeached. And um, they, uh, the Republicans lost. And uh, so that, that freed them up. And some Republicans, not a lot, but voted for that. And they agreed with the Democrats on that. So it was, they were free to, if they wanted to, uh, to vote for impeachment. But no, that allowed them there. I, I support Trump card. See, cause, cause I'm not, I don't really, and it's, I don't, I don't really support him, but, um, but what I, but, uh, but, but I do support the constitution and that's how it just becomes so, so disgusting. And so, um, but afterwards, I, I, I remember because I was sitting here where I am now uh, uh, in, in, uh, 
in my uh, in my office in uh, 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 whatever this is. <laughs> office is a big word for what it is. And uh, I raced back in to the living room because I heard Mitch McConnell going off, and he was attacking the, the former leader. He blamed him for what had happened on January 6th. I was shocked. Okay, the man who wasn't going to vote to impeach him was blaming him. He said that he was practically and morally responsible, but not, <laughs> but not constitutionally, you couldn't impeach him for that. He had to wait for the, the courts to, what? You had to wait for the courts to punish him? Even though it was, he was practically and morally responsible for God's, that's what impeachment is in somewhat fucking about, okay? That's where impeachment is different. That is where judgment comes to pay, where we say, this is wrong. Oh, boy. And so, um, and then uh, he went on to say that his uh, his behavior was unconscionable uh, because uh, after they, uh, after they actually, uh, uh, you know, after they were, they were, they went into the Capitol. Uh, uh, he, you know, and after they they were being attacked, he did nothing to stop it. He found this to be unconscionable. Old Mitch did. Yes, he did. And uh, this week, just this past week, uh, when asked if he would s- support the leader if he won uh, the twenty twenty four. A Republican nomination. Mitch McConnell, after all of that, said, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he would. He would support him. After all of that, he would support him. It just, the mind reels. It just fucking reels. Which is why I believe that I have a constitutional amendment. Uh, that I would like to uh, to see enacted in my lifetime, what might be left of it, the liar, liar, pants on fire constitutional amendment in honor. You could call it the Mitch McConnell amendment. It's uh, for moments like the one we saw Mitch do. It's, it's for the moments that the leader did. It's for the moments that anyone in Congress might do. It's for those liar, liar, pants on fire moments. What are those? I will write them down. I will get them to you. I think quite obviously, it's it's very self-explanatory. It's liar, liar, pants on fire. And what really should happen, if there was a just just God um, who did did see the the house where the person was getting fucked by his electric company, a just and loving God would hear the liar and the liar's pants would go on fire. Uh, that would be a constitutional amendment, wouldn't it? Speaking of which, um, the uh, former leader spoke at, uh, at a big, in front of a big hometown crowd for him, CPAC. That's right. Um, and it's there that they had a, uh, a, a gold statue of him was made. It was an artist made it. They, he called it a work of artists. would like to see it in the, the Donald Trump library. That's 12,000 jokes there that I won't be writing. 
Some of you can write them if you want. I have no desire uh, in and of itself. The Donald, the Donald Trump Library, set up, punchline, all in one, done. And uh, there's a gold statue. Now, since these people, in a sense, are so attached to him, and in a sense, they um, worship him in their fashion, uh, it was a gold statue. And these people are Christians. And it makes me wonder, since they love to use that book of the Bible, the Old Testament, uh, our book, I've been through this before, I won't dwell on it now. Um, but uh, they, they, they must know the part where uh, Moses went to spend some FaceTime with God before there was FaceTime. And uh, he'd gone up the mountain and uh, to get something get a message from God. Meanwhile, the people were waiting on him. They built a golden calf and started worshiping it. I don't think it was, there was no, it wasn't delivered. Um, and they worshiped the golden calf. And uh, Moses came on down the mountain and saw this. And was, he was pissed. He was carrying the Ten Commandments on tablets and he broke them. That's how pissed he was. Nobody at the, uh, nobody at CPAC had the, in Ten Commandments, <laughs> none of them. If they did, they certainly wouldn't break them. No, no. And they certainly would only follow maybe six of them, depending on what day it was. You know, maybe one, maybe three, maybe five. Unbelievable. And the kicker is the punchline. This is the best. Is is that um, the statue, the gold statue was made in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, Bob. Meanwhile, the Senate began investigating last week what happened on January 6th. Uh, what, would, what happened that would make it possible for the Capitol to be invaded by its own people, by Americans. How could that be possible? Hmm? Invaded by us. I mean, it might be hard to figure out if it was, in, you know, like, uh, let's say, uh, an Islamic Mexican immigrant enemy who was, you know, sending messages in some sort of a code and decided on the 6th to do the invasion of the Capitol, that, you know, that, that might make some sense. But these were our people. And we couldn't keep track of them? Whew. Apparently, there were uh, security failures because of misinformation regarding the potential violence. Mm-hmm. Apparently, apparently, um, I uh, they, if, if that's the case, and, and, and we saw them, we know that there was uh, security failures because when you watched the what was going on in, at that congressional hearing, the Capitol Police were pointing at the, the 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 district police, and the district police were were pointing at the. Uh, FBI and the FBI were pointing at the Pentagon. The Pentagon was pointing at the 
Capitol, the district police and the district police just went on in a certain, it was a bunch of finger pointing, it was spectacular. But uh, if they had trouble gathering uh, intelligence, they might as well have called me and asked me for my intelligence report. It would be, it would have been the same is what apparently they got, which was nothing. I could have told them what I told everybody when people asked me. Did I think something was going to happen? I said, no, I didn't think this shit would hit the fan. That's what I said. That's what I said. Uh-huh. I said that. Why? Because I'm as dumb as a fucking post. And I'm not somebody involved in intelligence, and I don't spend a lot of time looking on the line and stuff. But I have friends who did. And I had friends who were asking me, and they... And that's what I told him. And then I had other friends who said, nope, it's going to, you, you're not going to believe it. People better beware. Shit's going to hit the fan. I said, no, they too. They got it. They got the message. They know it's, you know, high time for them to have their final moment and go, oh, no, I was wrong. And my friends, they should have called my friends. Maybe my friends should be involved in, um, in working in the intelligence agency. Maybe they should give them a buzz the next time. Uh, it looks like uh, there may be something going on with uh, our own people, with our white supremacists, mm -hmm. who maybe we'll take a look at now. We certainly kept track of them when I was a kid. You know, you could, they, they kept, they kept track of George Lincoln Rockwell. I know that head of the American Nazi party, he was down in, uh, I think, Arlington or Alexandria or somewhere. You could call, they had a dial a Nazi thing. <laughs> he would tell you some bullshit. It was unbelievable. Unbe-fucking-leavable. Also this week, um, there was a, a fight, as you heard, the, the chicken and his support of, of they were going to raise the uh, minimum wage to, uh, they want to raise it many, uh, mostly to, to, you know, to put it in that pandemic, uh, package, the, so the American support package, whatever they're calling it this week, uh, the 15 bucks an hour, right. And not next week. Okay. Which they continue to not point out that it's in 2025. All right. It's not next week. It's four years from now. All right. The, the first raise would be to nine and a quarter from, I think it is, from seven and a quarter. They raised it two bucks in 2022 or something, or maybe this year. Who knows? I'm fucking leaveable. Who, who the fuck wants to live? The, the, who the fuck can live on that? Huh? Unbelievable. And they don't mention it. Um, it's it, it, Look, the last time it was raised, it was... Uh, it was in 2009, and that was when it went to $7.25 in 2009, okay? When apartments in Manhattan, Jesus cost, God, in Manhattan, a studio was like, what, $1,800, $2,000? You're going to live nine and a quarter? I mean, seven and a quarter? I, um, I had a joke then. Joke still works now. Still fucking works. Okay, you arrive in New York City in 2009 and you're making $7.25 an hour. How long can you live in New York? You can get off the bus, 
You could go get yourself a McDonald's Happy Meal, walk around the block, get back on the bus, go back to wherever you came from. That's how long you can live in New York. 2025, joke still applies. 15 bucks an hour, good luck. Good luck if you could live close. You're certainly not living in Manhattan. I don't know how close you could live to New York. Maybe because of this, it'll change, but I don't think so. I don't think so at all. It's unbelievable. And the news um, might want to uh, try to spend some time other than going through the Johnson and Johnson thing every day and um, that we've got it and it, it's something you should take if you can't because it'll be good for you and they've got it and it's done and everybody agrees and they, they keep doing that, keep repeating that on every state on six o'clock news. I grant you they have to keep saying it in order for people to know it and not panic and take it. I get that. But um, in the meantime, especially uh, the news that's on all fucking day, sit down and fucking do what Congress isn't doing. All right. Gather together people from all sorts of, you know, from big corporations, people who have small businesses, uh, people from big states, people from little states, people from big cities, people from little cities, people from cities with economies like New York or people who live in San Francisco, people who live in, uh, uh, you know, um, Bismarck, uh, Biloxi, maybe uh, Mobile, put them all together and them talk, try to figure out what they think. How would it work? What would be the way to do it that it would work? Okay. Since uh, these people, well, you know, if we do this, everybody's going to lose. Are they really going to lose the jobs? How many jobs? Okay. Is the, is the, is the budget office right? Uh, and, and with the, if we do lose the million jobs, what do we get in return for that? And, uh, and, and does that mean, uh, is everybody employed and we, and we only have to find a million people jobs in the meantime? And if we had everybody working for $15 an hour and we did other things, couldn't we then kind of help uh, it so the people who didn't have work and until they got work and uh, uh, that we could help them out? And some, I, can't, I have to do, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not, this is not what I was born to do. It's why I'm not, it's why, it's why I'm not running for office. But it just seems to me there's a way to do this and it's simpler. It's a lot simpler than, the, the fucking bullshit of like blah, 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 quack, 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 okay? Okay, I get 15 bucks an hour. If you're working at Amazon and you're doing the shit over in, uh, in, in Tucson or you're doing it here or in New York or you're doing it in, uh, you know, uh, Pierre uh, or um, Des Moines, or wherever, you know, no matter what, if you're doing the same work, you get 15 bucks an hour. Okay. If you're going to get 15, you're going to get 15 everywhere. You don't get less. Let's just work it out. Huh? We're smarter than this. Let's get, let's, there are people who want to sit down and talk about it. Not us, not a lot of us, not me. I just want to make jokes about it. Okay, and I can't do it sitting in the confines of my room. But eventually, um, before I go, a few things. Before we hit the road again, 
The Oregon Department of Education, this is going to astound you, is encouraging teachers to take a course on dismantling racism in mathematics. Now, I don't know how this works. I know that if you're a racist teaching mathematics, there'd be racism probably in in the math class. I don't know if there's uh, racism in mathematics. It's It's mathematics. Mathematics was never, I, I, I need someone who can see this. Someone from the Argonne Department of Education, somebody who thinks I'm wrong and that thinks that there is racism in mathematics. I mean, mostly it's, it's fucking boring. And I was really good at it. But as I've said time and again, teach somebody either how to, or, you know, use the stock market. If you're going to use that kind of math, that's, teach them practical math. How to do your fucking taxes. How to get out of shit the way a lot of other people do. Whew. The course instructs us that the focus on getting the right answer uh, and students being required to show their work are actually toxic characteristics of white supremacy culture. By the time you get through that sentence, uh, it's, breathing becomes difficult. White supremacy culture, the right answer. There is two, four minus two is two. It, there's nothing racist about it. That's it. It's called tough fit. That's the fucking answer. Three divides into nine, three. Okay? That's the way it is. All right? And you and you might want them to show their work. Okay? It's not to fucking bother them or to make put them in their place. It's, to, it's how you teach. I know that that's in a way the way my mother taught. Uh, and it wasn't to, it was to give them a, a, a way in which to think, not to, to undermine their thinking, but to help their thinking. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. Teachers uh, will be told not to perpetuate, you're going to love this, objectivity by upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers. It's math. There's going to be a right answer. There's going to be a wrong answer. That's the deal. Okay? That's the way it is. I'm sorry. And the only time there's not a right and wrong answer is when you get further down the math line, down to those places where there's like wavy lines or whatever the fuck they call that math. The math I couldn't get to. Even now I don't even remember what a quadratic equation is, but there's an, you know, X squared plus Y. Come on. There are right answers and there are wrong answers sometimes, okay? It's, that's it. That's the deal. Just don't take math, that's all. That's what happened. Once I got into college, I took my math course. That's the requirement. Bye-bye. If you're in high school and you're going to a junior college, you don't want to take math, don't take it. Fuck it. Who needs it? Meanwhile, in the best news of the week, as far as I can tell, Europe's oldest non-living person, possibly the second oldest person in the world, has survived COVID-19. And yesterday, she celebrated her 117th birthday in a very European manner. All right? She downed plenty of champagne, red wine, and port. This, this comes from, the, some, from food and wine uh, that a friend of mine sent me this thing. Uh, my friend uh, Jen, 
and uh, Jen Hegarty, and um, and it's it, it's really good news. Champagne, red wine, and port. Her name is Sister Andre. If you want to send a card, born in nineteen oh four, she's living in a nursing home in Toulon. Um, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, and she had just so you know. She started her lunch with, uh, her birthday lunch with foie gras, paired with a bit of port. No, you're not supposed to eat foie gras, but they're French. They don't care. Okay, got it. That's why some people don't like the French. All of it washed down with red wine. Why? Because she drinks red wine. It's one of her secrets of longevity. It's one of her secrets of longevity. It's one of her secrets of longevity. Red wine. Red wine. And finally, the dessert. Baked Alaska Mm-mm. in a flute of champagne. Happy birthday, Sister Andre. And now we roll on in to none other on the road to Rochester, Michigan, Minnesota. I'm sorry, Rochester, Michigan, Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, we performed there on January 24th, 2020. And as my friend James uh, the one who is, I think, probably even putting this together for you, for your uh, enjoyment, uh, our tech wizard. Uh, he uh, reminded me to remind you, if you're there, you want to stop at the Hollenberry Panacokin, if, you, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, if, you, if you say Hollenberry, they'll direct you to it because it's well-known. Pancake House Dutch. Oh, I love the Dutch. And I love their pancakes, and I really love this place's muffins. Muffins the size, oh my God, size of infants, really. Jumbo muffins, muffins of love. And so we rolled into uh, extraordinary, um, extraordinary Rochester, home of the Mayo Clinic, a, a, a very nice room to play. Audience is really, really smart. It's a, uh, always a pleasure to play there, but it's always cold as fuck because we go there in the winter. And um, the uh, it was it, they've the, I think you'll find that they've written uh, as I find every step of the way on this on that tour on our last tour uh, the writing was exceptional as I think uh, the writing is in the rants that. I'll be reading. Uh, I, um, I do hope you're enjoying them as much as I, I do. I think uh, uh, they're what there really is what's keeping me going, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that gift you're giving me. So please take care of each other. I'll be back again next week with more nonsense and hoo-ha, and hopefully less Ted Cruz, unless he's unless the fountain continues to spew. <laughs> so long for now. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard 
just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Here we go. The rant from Michael Marriott. I don't cook much. And, and this is really one of the first uh, cooking rants. It may be the, the only cooking rant we've ever had. But a lot of people are doing it now. A lot of them. And Michael's pissed. Dear Lewis, it really pisses me off, I told you he was pissed, that people think you can cook chicken at any other temperature than well done. If I have to see one more video on Twitter or TikTok of a wannabe chef undercooking his chicken, then I will scream. Unless you're a dog, no chicken should be cooked for less than 40 minutes on 400 degrees. Cook chicken until it's completely white in the middle and juicy. Even then, I let it burn for 10 more minutes so that I know it's completely safe for me to eat. I saw a video of a person who cooked chicken in a pan for 10 minutes. 10 fucking minutes before flipping it over and putting it on a plate? The chicken wiggled when he cut it open. It was pink and gelatinous inside. He then proceeds to cut it into little pieces and eat it on camera. Fuck you. You deserve your food poisoning, asshole. You're telling gullible people on the internet that it's safe to eat chicken raw. Next time you cook your chicken, if you're not already in the hospital or dead, I'm personally going to invite Gordon Ramsay over to your house to beat the shit out of you. Fuck you, TikTok chefs and all that you stand for. Except Linja, she is awesome. That's my rant. Wanted to get this off my chest for a while. Regards, Michael. Well, thank you, Michael. <laughs> my mother used to uh, cook beef until uh, it was, she, she cooked the life out of it and then some more. She cooked the gravy out of it to the point where, I mean, it beyond well done. A whole new realm, Michael. I don't know if you would have enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you. And from a broken teacher, we have this. Hi, Lewis. I'm writing to you from New Hampshire today. I appreciate how passionately you've always spoken on behalf of teachers over the years. Sadly, this teacher writing today is just fucking done. I'll skip all the stupid shit uh, that happened from 1997 to 2019 that has gone by because that's just normal shit teachers had to deal with. But teaching during the COVID era, I'm just fucking done. The level of disrespect that I endure on a daily basis has finally 
broken my soul. Wear a mask while you teach all day. Okay, sure. I mean, that's a given. I was wearing a mask when I went out to the store in March 2020, even before they were mandatory. I work in a fucking Petri dish. I will gladly wear a mask. Make sure students don't share items in your class. And if they do, make sure you clean them and spray them down. Duh, 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 of course. In fact, I'll, I'll even go out to buy my own cleaning sprays and sanitizers because I know students in my class just naturally are forced to touch equipment in class that other students touch too. There's no avoiding it. I was ready to go back to work when school opened in the fall. I had created a classroom and curriculum plan that checked all the boxes of social distancing, cleaning, mask wearing, all of it. We even bought large open-sided canopies to have classes outside as much as humanly possible because it was always said that outside in the fresh air was the best place. Umbrellas, rain ponchos, you name it, it was planned for. The first shot came from the town fire marshal. Those tents need to come down. They're not fireproof. Um, what? Fireproof? Outside? I have to take down these tents that we bought so our students can be outside for class even when it's raining out because they aren't fireproof? They need to be fireproof for us to use them when it's raining out? Every restaurant who bought those pop-up canopies so they could still serve people dinner outside all bought canopies that were fireproof? Not a chance. But we're at a school, so fuck us. We have different rules to follow. Students need to stay six feet apart to help maintain safe social distancing. Fine, that's easy. I hand-selected over a dozen activities that fit my curriculum that can be completed with limited modifications, and my students can stay six feet apart while doing them. But who's going to keep them six feet apart? Middle school teenagers have always shown a unique level of disrespect, but usually it's because they are teenagers, and they feel like this is their way of being an adult, okay? It, it is to try and speak up for what they think versus what teachers tell them. Okay, fine, it's the grade level I picked, and after 24 years, I still enjoy seeing them grow, trip over their own feet as they stick them in their mouth, realizing just how wrong they are, and eventually admit that the teacher was right. But this, fuck this. They are rude and disrespectful to the school resource officer, to the assistant pr principal, and people look at me like I'm supposed to have some magic spell to use on them that makes them respectful to me. I set up activities for them to do, and these little shitheads deliberately walk over to their friend and stand literally shoulder to shoulder with their friend to talk to each other. Uh, you need to keep your spacing. Please keep your six feet of spacing. Lewis, in one school day, I said that phrase 164 times to my students. I did all the work. I picked the activities. I got the equipment. I did everything I needed to do. All my students have to do is stay six feet apart like a giant fuck you 
They looked right at me to walk across the field or wherever to stand face to face or shoulder to shoulder with each other. This isn't September anymore. These aren't new rules. I'm so fucking done with it all. If I get COVID, I think it'll be hilarious. <laughs> yep, that was spewed from the lips of one of my eighth grade students, but no fear. He's the son of a school member, so he's untouchable. 163 active school teachers have died from COVID since this all started. And this, this is the shit I have to deal with every day when I go to work? I'm just fucking done. And the vaccine? <laughs> Here in New Hampshire, our governor owns a ski resort. Do school teachers have their vaccinations in New Hampshire yet? Nope. But wouldn't you know who won the pony? The valued members of New Hampshire ski patrols had their shots. Open the schools. Parents need to work. You're not really working while you're teaching remotely. How much is enough, huh? There was a term back in the day where going postal had a vivid connotation to it. Our students are on every type of medication possible, from the basic to the advanced CBD. They get to have emotional support animals in school, everything that someone can think of that will make their life a more fulfilling experience. The teachers? Fuck them. Your insurance rates are going up, so the pay raise we are giving you will cover that cost. So thank the town for that. Self-care? So fucking tired of hearing that term. Teachers wouldn't need to worry about self-care if the parents of the shitheads in our classes taught them to be respectful and understanding of what this COVID era has meant to us and our lives too. Stay six feet apart. Keep your safe spacing. No, fuck you. You can't make me. Yep, you're right. I can't. So you're right. Fuck me. I'm just fucking done. And just in case I haven't outlined this year enough, for the last period of the day, on the last day before winter break, teaching my eighth grade class, a member of the administration team came in to do a pop-in observation of my class. Really? <laughs> the last class of the last day before vacation? Do I give a shit? No. I stressed about observations my first couple of years of teaching, but now I don't give that lesson any special attention compared to the others. Or end up messing myself up trying to be someone I'm not. If I wasn't a good teacher, I wouldn't have lasted 24 years. But come on, doing an observation... My 90 minutes to go before school vacation week is really the best way to show a teacher that you appreciate all the hard work they've been doing all year. I'm just fucking done. I know I'm not alone in this. Thousands of teachers nationwide have been dealing with it every day, huh? They've been dealing with it every day, too. We will continue to deal with it because that's what teachers have always done. Find the best possible way to do our job. But be careful when you look into the heart of a teacher lately. 
It probably looks more like the underside of a rotten out barn board that someone has dug up from under a pile of rubble. To all of my colleagues, keep up the good fight. And Lewis, tell your mom that her heart as a teacher is what keeps some of us going each and every day. Wow, you didn't send your name on it, <laughs> rightfully so. But I deeply appreciate the shout out to my mom and, um, and what you had to say, because people need to hear it. I know it's, I, and you know, I mean, you, well, you could have written a whole other thing on how it's tough on the parents too, but they're, but they do and they always have. Um, in, in, in everything that I've watched over the course of my life, uh, uh, more and more dumped it uh, on the teacher. Uh, wasn't the way when I was a kid, my parents were kind of in there. There was a PTA, there was meetings. People talked about stuff this time. Wow. Here we go, a, a bit of a rant, <laughs> to say the least, from Jeff Mullins. Let her rip. Oh, Jesus, fucking fuck, fuck. Sit down and buckle up, because we're going on a bumpy fuck ride. As a gay man who grew up in a small shithole town with 300 people in my high school, stupidity was never in short supply, but I persevered. I graduated, I grew up, I educated myself, and I left it when it was possible and moved to Louisville. There's a reason for the small backstory, and we'll come back to that later. You'd be right to assume that 98% of the students I went to school with were dip-spitting hillbillies who drove dump trucks and tractors like we attended Lowe's Home Improvement High School. When I finally came out a few years after graduating, large majority of them was like, yippee, awesome, we accept you. Oh my, oh fuck, you guys here? In bumblefuck sweet tits on a sausage sandwich. We must be moving in the right direction. Yay, advancement in society. I kept that mentality for many years about them, even after I moved. Then all shit hit the fan at mock fucking speed, like the flash at explosive diarrhea after a bad night of Taco Bell and cornholing. <laughs> wow. When that orange wayfair Loving proud boy saluting KKK isn't all that bad. I'd fuck my daughter dumpster fire if a human being got into office. Jesus Christ, did shit take a turn for the worst. For four fucking years, I had to deal with stupid brainwashed cultists who believed he was the fucking messiah about everything, especially the important topics like humanity and decency, because that went out the window. Of course, everything I said was wrong because I'm a crazy left-wing Satanist who thinks free health care is free. And I'm sheep for wanting to improve the health of others. Mind you, these are all the mouth breeders I attended high school with. Did they forget they failed economics, social studies, and math? Uh, I didn't forget that they did. The same fucking people who couldn't point out Arkansas on a map of the United States, preaching to me about being a Christian nation because the separation of church and state was made up by Obama and was created to put Muslim teachings in the school. Yes, Lewis. Yes, Lewis, you read that correctly. It's okay. Breathe. Breathe. Now, one begins talking to these lunatics in a calm, well-mannered voice of reason, like one should. 
Although usually at about the four minute mark, you start thinking to yourself, fuck shit. What have I got myself into? This crazy fucker thinks the government is watching them through their microwave and I'm trying to discuss equal rights. Fucking shit, I need a drink and a bash to the head with a shovel to remove the last five minutes of my life because titty fucking Christ, this is painful. Moving along when asked simple questions like, why don't you support free health care? We can move taxes around, et cetera, et cetera, and make life better as a whole. Of course, their highly anticipated and educated response is as follows. Well, it ain't free for one there, you cock. Two, it's communist, and North Korea is communist. Look at their health care. So I don't know, want no communist health care or Obamacare. Yeah, I told you it's a wild fucking ride. This should be a sequence of conversations you pay for at a theme park until you lose all your money and you're mentally fucking insane. It's at that point, Hillbilly begins talking about guns. I have guns. And how the government is trying to take their guns and make their life miserable. Well, no one is taking their, our guns. The way they talk about it, you'd think they were an underprivileged race of people who've been targeted by government officials and police for decades. Oh, wait, it was not them. Uh, and that's our next segment, folks. Police brutality. <laughs> Fucking yikes. That's not even a conversation. Fuck, they get so mad if you say the cops did anything the fuck wrong. Yes, we understand they're good. They're even great police force members. But the ones on power trips body slamming 11-year-old black children need to be taken out back, okay? Which leads to racial injustice and then to the Confederate flag and these colors don't run, the South will rise again. I think you see where I'm going with this. These knucklehead shitbags then yell at me about its heritage and history, which I proceed to ask, um, what fucking heritage and what fucking history? Because I passed that class too, and I guess the fuck what? It, what? it was originally made for the white superiority of man. Drum roll, please. It's racist. Hang on. We are making a fucking U-turn, blah, blah, blah. I explain and show them the actual history and heritage. And they look at it like, fuck. That's correct. Fuck, that's racist. Fuck, fuck, fuck. But, but, but I'm not a racist, so I don't believe it. Ha the fuck ha. And that's when I usually hit him in the face. <laughs> now, let's move on to the part that touches me personally. You know, like Trump does his daughter. The LGBTQ issues, like equal rights and freedom to kiss my boyfriend in public if I so the fuck feel like, which most of Louisville is completely okay with. But, but go back to my hometown and show a small sign of gay affection. People's fucking heads begin to literally explode and twist in circles like the exorcist. Soon following come the pitchforks and the Confederate fags, I mean, sorry, flags. The inevitable white church-loving Karen who must tell me her beliefs and how the Bible condemns homosexuality. Yeah, it kind of does, but what about everything else? Oh, what, you didn't expect a cock-swallowing sword fighter to know the Bible? Gasp. Then that conversation goes on. And I begin citing the Bible, and Karen's ears begin to smoke as she sputters her words like an old car dying on the freeway. Gets so much better because the GOP wanted to repeal the Equal Rights Act, especially details pertaining to the rights and liberties of the LGBTQ community. To see it 
in writing is one thing, but to hear people who are in charge of our government say it a lot is like the first time you see a big cock, like, holy fuck, is that real? It is always my favorite to try and talk to these people because they always have excuses once you smack them in the head with facts or a hammer. Whichever works, the best one is, well, well my mom. Honey, your mom was out back uh, behind the local bar last night uh, polishing off some drunk, smelly dude's doorknob for a Miller Lite and a cigarette. She's not exactly an authority on the matter of good governing. Anyway, after four years of arguing a variety of these focus points, I'm glad I'm still alive and haven't drank myself into a non-existent parallel universe full of naked men machine gun fire. Who knows? It's only 11 a.m. There's time. Thank you, Jeff Mullins. Yep, thank you. See, that's the, the reason I read that is you, you, I think you know why. He allowed people to, to, to let's say, what they were, uh, you know, been, been holding on to, what they'd been thinking. And they'd been thinking about these folks uh, who'd been their friends. And, uh, you see what it did to their friend? <laughs> Made him crazy. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, this is from, I believe it's uh, Michael Winuk. Or uh, I think because he put his last name first, unless it's Winuk Michael. Could be. This isn't so much of a rant, but a report on my outstanding accomplishments in the realm of fucking off. I've always considered myself somewhat of a fuck off, especially when it came to making use of my spare time back in the day when I worked all the time. During the pandemic, I've been able to remove most of the irritants around me and increase the more pleasurable and entertaining aspects of a person living at home. These have been boiled down to food, music, TV, and weed. It does come with some drawbacks. Sometimes when I sit down, I will search for entertainment, only to find myself, sadly, not entertained. Thank you for not being in that category and for still putting stuff out for us driving the fuck off to the fullest. Oh, that made my day to know that I'm helping you fuck off to the fullest. That's, that's, uh, that's great. People always say, do you, th do you think you're changing people's minds? And I go, well, I'm, it's not really what I set out to do, but one of the things I was, I never thought of was, is I was hoping I, that I would, be saying is, is that I'd be helping people fuck off to the fullest. Thanks for sharing, Michael. We're Winook from Trisha Hairglots, or her glots. There's so much I could rant about that I don't know where to start. No, oh, I guess I'll start with why the hell don't they sell alcohol on flights right now when we need it the most? My God, the amount of energy and effort to contain my emotions and outbursts while being confined to a terminal with a thousand other people who could be crawling with COVID is enough to cause massive migraines. Crammed in the, the, the terminal with zero separation or COVID protocols is unacceptable. Herded down the walkway to a plane only to find no separation on the plane, none. Even in healthy times, I don't like being that close to people. Cancel flight, flights lost bags, no separation, and to top it off, no alcohol. Are you fucking kidding me? I think they just want people to lose their minds so they can throw them off the plane and make acceptable room for others. 
I could go on and on and on, but I'm just getting myself worked up. If you're planning on flying with the airline that starts with South and ends with West, wear your Tyvek suit, double mask, and stop at the fucking bar before being shoved onto your plane. Thank you, Lewis, for allowing me to unleash my frustrations. I hope all this bullshit ends soon. Yes, sirree, Trisha. That's a prayer that I hope reaches God's ears. Thank you. We're at the Presentation Hall in Rochester, Minnesota, which is the home of the Mayo Clinic, the one who shows those ads in the morning, that you get up, you're feeling really good, and then they have a, a, a father and a son, maybe, or a couple, and they're, they're going, they're driving right up here. And one of them has cancer, and it's, for you, it's, it's 8.30 in the morning, and uh, you thought, wow, it's gonna be a great day. And then you see that ad and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was hoping I could think about that maybe later. <laughs> Rochester is an interesting little village. The last time I was here, uh, we had one, it was in, in April, and we, I'll never forget it, we walked out the door of the hotel and took a right, turned to go to the, to the, uh, the, the tour bus, and there was, um, April, April, there was a, a sheet of, of, of I can't, I, of, of literally uh, ice, ice snow uh, with glass <laughs> coming at us, it, I would say uh, uh, 30 miles an hour. <laughs> I've never, I, 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 I think when there's glass in 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 snow, sleet, ice, uh, that the, the uh, Weather Channel should tell you. <laughs> we, uh, but today it was uh, it was fucking like uh, for uh, for Rochester it, in January it was Caribbean weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was about. I think it, it got over 30, uh, and these people, many of them, uh, were ripping their shirts off. Uh, you, can, you can hear their sounds. Many of them actually have fur on their backs. They've lived here so long. And you can see really why they, they settled. Why the, why the, I, I don't know why the Mayo Clinic's here. It's, I guess you really got to want a cure. To, to fucking trundle your ass up into this fucking neck of the woods. You know, and uh, you, especially at this time, it, holy fuck, it was... I mean, it was, I, I have to say it was lucky, because this was the last time it was not, not lucky at all, but it's, uh, it's always good to be, uh, it's always good to be back in Minnesota, and because, uh, uh, you know, you've, uh, you're really out of your fucking minds. <laughs> You really are. It's. Uh, I'm going to be reading a lot of what they wrote because the, I've always thought when I came here, it's it's this quite little, beautiful town, and then you tell people say what you have your feelings about it, and then you go, holy fuck! 
this is scary. <laughs> First off, um, uh, we're performing in a space tonight. The last time I was here, there was a, some sort of a Christian homeschooling conference, <laughs> which, uh, which was good because I was able to get uh, 4,000 students who now study with me at home. my Jews for Jesus seminar. <laughs> tonight, tonight there's a combo platter of a darts tournament and billiards, which is interesting, and they're being done simultaneously, and the dart throwers are actually throwing at the billiard players. <laughs> it's really spectacular and well worth your time. If you can get here, if you're near Rochester, you're going to want to roll in and watch that. And then those who are injured go immediately to the clinic. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm only doing that to set up Eric Norland, who's here tonight, immediately commented. He's one of the first one I, one I got in this evening. He goes, this is the worst billiards tournament ever. <laughs> okay. This is from Heather Zach. Uh, this is the most boring city I've ever lived in. The downtown is non-existent. Well, at least on the weekends. Did you know there's an entirely different city underneath you right now? N no, I didn't, Heather. Is, is that hell? Wow. And then the... I, I just have never, it's, it's just fabulous. The, the price of dry cleaning in this town is ridiculous. <laughs> I, we've done over 400, this is like the 402nd episode and, uh, of the, the Rant is Due, and no one <laughs> has ever said, wow. Uh, they're charging too much for dry cleaning. <laughs> Twice as much as in Minneapolis or St. Paul. We're 75 miles north. It's freaking insane. Well, let me just say, um, maybe they don't do as good a job there. Um, I don't know who wrote that in. It's too bad. Oh, Laura. Laura Boss wrote it in. Laura, maybe uh, you might want to think um, of starting your own. <laughs> you know, not take 20% off. You're still fucking blah, 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 sky high. <laughs> and uh, Laura, if you get a cow to put out front that people can hug. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I believe I taught you this evening is something is, is if, you, if you say it, if you think it, it's true, if you say it, it's truer, is you could, uh, you don't even have to clean this shit. <laughs> you just, you take it in, you put it, put it in a bag, hand it back, here it is. And people in, in Minnesota are really fucking nice. It'll take two or three times before they go, you know. <laughs> 
Denise Robertson, thousands of Rochester residents can't afford health insurance and or the cost of health care, even while living in the shadow of the world-renowned Mayo Clinic. Well, that's, that's some upbeat news. <laughs> Don't they have like a health care mobile? <laughs> or at least a book mobile that would send out something with like books going, so you, uh, so you think you have shingles? <laughs> I read that one, I was kind of, nothing, huh? No help? <laughs> nothing. Wow, that's fucking, and you don't storm the Bastille. <laughs> okay, all right, just saying. I'd say, fuck them. That's, that's how come if they're, gonna, if they're gonna do that, that's why they're charging 70, that's why they're charging more for the dry cleaning. <laughs> Obviously, that person needs to make extra money to fucking be able to go over there and get their drugs. So stop whining, Laura. <laughs> That's the reason. Now, I'm fine. now this shit becomes clear after a while. <laughs> Is this true? I can't. Kathy Perlman, are you here? <laughs> okay, good. She left already. <laughs> there are streets here with speed bumps. Is that true? Yep. And they have potholes? So what's the fucking point of speed bumps? <laughs> well, we have to slow down for the potholes. <laughs> wow. This is from uh, Paula Harden. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to read all of this. She wrote a really long one. It goes on for a decade. <laughs> Paula is... Uh, it's, it's about uh, the, uh, the city of Rochester being med city and wanting to attract sick, sick people to come to use the Mayo Clinic services should be sensitive to the fact that they've done next to nothing to address the ancient 1995 ADA laws. Recently, the public works director told the city council and the mayor that it would take 44 years to comply with the 1995 laws. That's the American Disabilities Act, for those of you who don't know. And, and that only focuses on curb cuts, essentially. And the curb cuts they are doing, out of cheapness or laziness, hard to tell, split the difference between the two crosswalks and put the curb cut in between the two crosswalks. <laughs> um. Paula, this, reading this, is, uh, I think, will disable me. This is crazy. This means that on one particular hated corner, I have to step sideways to reach the button to push the light for pedestrian crossing, <laughs> then walk back to the middle to reach the curb cut, and then dodge the cars that are turning left on the basic green light in front of me, figuring they can make it before I can with my walker. On the other side of the street, the same zigzag is necessary to move from the crosswalk over to the curb cut. Are you shitting me? <laughs> wow. Okay, three years of begging the retiring public works director in 2018 got his staff to put together a map that shows where all the handicapped parking is in the downtown of Rochester. Of course, once he left, no one in charge, no one was in charge of keeping it up to date, so it's only moderately useful now. Wow, Paula, 
you've got, you've got, I, I don't know how you deal with this. I, seriously, I mean, seriously, it's tough enough to be disabled, but then to deal with assholes. Wow. <laughs> However, the most telling point of it was that at the time, only 10 dedicated handicapped parking stalls were available on Rochester's meeting streets. Wow, fucking, un- 10? How many people in Rochester? 100,000? 113,000. Well, you don't need more than 10. Just just Uber in. Jesus Christ. God damn it. Oh, man. Whoever had trouble, whoever's having trouble paying for their dry cleaning, you could fucking make a fortune. Just be going, make up fucking signs and say, this is it. I'm freeing this fucking, the, uh, only 10 dedicated handicapped parking stalls. Of the 10, seven were located on the corner adjacent to a medical facility. Two were actually wheelchair accessible with a curb ramp between them in front of the Rochester Public Library. Holy fuck. See, <laughs> that leaves one. Where was that? In front of the circus? And it, it, oh my God! Alas, despite being informed, provided with uh, provided with numerous pieces of documentation on all the public works department, decided in May 2019 they could illegally move the two dedicated handicap stalls in front of the public library, because they don't want you reading. <laughs> wow, Paul, I'm, I'm sorry I can't go through all of this because it's it's staggering. I, I wish you nothing but the best in terms of dealing with this. The fact that you are in this city of, uh, with, you know, the health city of the, of the world and that this is what's going on is really appalling. And this was only one of the, the 6,000 charges that Paula is bringing <laughs> against the city. And I wish you nothing but the best because it really is, it's ridiculous uh, that you do this. I mean, that's just crazy. Do they have a handicapped bus or is that... That's no, I forget it. I won't even. I don't want to get her started. God damn it! Don't you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, this is from Linda Bolin. I don't know if she's here. I love President Trump. He's right much more than he's wrong. Fuck you. No. No, she said fuck you to me. Yeah. I don't throw my fuck yous around like that. I don't waste a good fuck you. No. I love President Trump. He's right much more than he's wrong. Fuck you. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, I know you did. No, it's okay. It was the others did too. And I expect an apology from all of them. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love, that's so funny. But it's unbelievable. I, I, once again, Linda, if you're listening or you're here, uh, I need you to, you can't just send this stuff. I get this all the time. Don't send this stuff. Um, I need you to really s- tell me why, where you, what you feel that he's right about and where you feel that um, he's more right than he's wrong. Don't just send me that and then go fuck me. I, I, look, and, and when you say f- 
fuck you to me, realize there's a whole line inside myself of me's that are saying it constantly. Okay, stay calm. Please stay calm. Okay. All right, and then I got this. Uh, I live in Bemidji. This is Anthony Patron. And try and pronounce that correctly. I believe I did. Yeah, I'm not dumb. And, uh, okay, uh, stupid ass fucking name of a town. Donald Trump has symptoms of late stage undiagnosed fuck fuck syphilis. <laughs> also, he can't fucking read. That's the reason he speaks like a fucking third grader. Has never read a book, continually refuses to read national security briefings, and continues to assume that the countries he places tariffs on pay them. We pay the fucking tariffs! It's called the motherfucking Boston Tea Party, you syphilis-infected person! We all learned that in the third fucking grade, do you remember? See, see Dick run, see him run. See Dick fuck Jane. <laughs> so, as you can see, and then she said, I love President Trump. So as you can see, this is where we're at. What you just heard was Congress. You did. Okay. These are the three I'm going to leave you with. These, I love these. Uh, because this is from Sandra Bukowski. Uh, I have stuff to say. What's with people picking up bagels like they're ordering in a five-star Michelin-rated restaurant? <laughs> what the fuck? There are people behind you. Oh, the 13 bagel special doesn't include premium bagels? Yeah, inconsiderate jerkwad. The people behind you don't care if you're trying to woo Marion Accounting with a six-cheese bagel like a horny bower bird. Grab the bucket and go. Thank you for this. It's way cheaper than therapy. Rhonda Drenkon. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. I, I, close. This is, I had to take a company survey. One question was, do you feel valued as an employee? The answers all came back, no. <laughs> they told us we must have misread the question. <laughs> I will leave you with this and um, Tomorrow we're in Iowa City. For those out there, we got a bunch of, we already got some stuff from Iowa City coming in. And on Saturday we're in Des Moines. And uh, I just really want to thank you all for writing in and, uh, and contributing to tonight's show and for everybody who watched. Thanks again. And we'll, um, we'll finish with Lillian Converse. I was a victim of a crime against logic yesterday. I ordered an egg white omelet at Perkins, and when the server brought my breakfast, I saw it was a regular omelet. When I pointed this out, I was told, nope, it has to be an egg white omelet because that's what I wrote on the ticket. <laughs> I said, but it's yellow. And she shrugged and walked away. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Thank you, Rochester. Take care of each other. Good night. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Ha <laughs> Lewis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkin. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show. <laughs> <laughs>